You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Are we, are we yeah. kicking off run the podcast? It. Run okay, it. Yeah. run it. Yeah, We're it. starting run right it. now. It's uncensored. Okay. You're right. This is very uncensored. So uh, my family calls me Keat, okay? My dad gives everyone a nickname. Mine is Erikeet the Parakeet. My oh, that's sister's cool. is Ashley Bodashley. I hated the name Erikeet the Parakeet. They always shortened it to Keat. My nieces call me Keat. They don't even know my name is Erica, okay? That's awesome. I'm Keat. Well, um, when I was in college, there was a website. Um, it was called like LouisvilleMojo.com. And it was kind of like one of the first social medias before Facebook and whatnot. Uh-huh. And it, it quickly escalated into this like men would just message you trying to like hook up and like whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, my name on there was Keat. But also during that time, um, the song by Lil John came out. I was like, oh, skeet, skeet. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what that meant at the time, okay? And one day, I changed my username to Keet Skeet. Oh, my gosh. And I did not know oh my what it meant. And immediately, my inbox was just DMs, 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 DMs. Like, hey, girl. A like, lot of, like, <laughs> probably really proper, nice stuff, I would imagine. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I'm down to skeet. really. <laughs> yeah. So... Um, Public service announcement. Yeah. Right. And for this all the was, parents out there. Yeah. This yeah. Is all we're talking, <laughs> now, just to be clear, we're talking about skeet shooting, right? Yes. 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 Right. Yes. In right. the outdoor context. Yeah. Wait, I don't want to. 
And on, along the same vein, um, Dan, what's up with your horny sweatshirt you're wearing today? I, well, that was the topic, right? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. This is we all we did discuss before. We're going to bring each in. other. <laughs> That's right. No, okay. here, here's the here's the quick story about this this uh, hoodie. Um, I went on an anniversary weekend. It was actually one day, right? So we went to Cedar Falls, Iowa. And my, my dad lives about 20 minutes to the west. My in-laws live 20 minutes to the south. We dropped the kids off. We went back to the hotel. Uh, we stayed the night in the hotel that we got married at or that we spent the night on our, you know, when we were married. And so we went, we hit the town that night, went out to dinner, grabbed some drinks and things like that. Well, the temperature dropped a whole bunch. I wasn't prepared for it. So we were at this restaurant. And I bought the hoodie just to stay warm. And so, <laughs> the, and horny so toad. the Horny Toad American Bar and Grill in Cedar Falls, Iowa. Shout out some of the best chicken Shout wings out. you'll eat, dude. Straight oh. up. There you go. There's going to be a three-hour wait there now, thanks to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like Joe Rogan mentioning yeah. something. He mentions Terry Blacks all the time. Now nobody can go eat there because it's wrapped around the block. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I doubt we'll have the same effect. <laughs> Who knows, man? Never know. Never know. Well, Never know. Erica, did you shoot a bird this weekend? Oh, God. No. Uh, I tried. I tried. Apparently, it's easy for everyone else. Difficult for me. Not I. Yeah, let's say. There's only one person in this conversation that has shot a bird, and they're in Iowa right now. Yeah, Dan. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, I'll kind of minimize the story of, of this turkey season this year has kind of went not as planned i thought i was gonna go with my dad grandma's been ill um so kind of took it upon myself on what was it friday i think um also i have a very um i'm fortunate enough that i kind of look out my backyard into the field and see that there's turkeys sometimes so i know that's not as exciting but on friday we yeah it's a large field it's not like it's just like there there's a turkey by the swing set okay like there's a large field and i look out there she's got and a little bit of slice out there yeah there's a turkey and a in a hen or a tom and a hen and i'm like oh my god what am i waiting for i'm sitting here at home like i was getting ready to start work it was about 7 30 or so i was like do it and so i run into the closet get all my gear on and like get get the gun down and um kind of go out the back door and um slowly creep down into the field and there's like a curve where our house is kind of inset um before the field like really starts and um anyways I, i creep down pretty far and set up about oh it's probably about 60 yards for this tom and and this hen out so it still needs to come in and i tuck myself into the into the field and try and call and try and call and uh it's just not gonna separate from this hen and I don't have a decoy or anything like that either um goes into the corner it they end up just like going off like way 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 200 300 yards away into some trees or whatever I'm like oh man I guess I guess that's kind of done so I well maybe maybe I'll just not not do this I don't know um anyways like 10 minutes later it's all of a sudden it's in the middle of the field again. And I'm like, what, what the heck? And it's not with the hen anymore. I'm like, perfect. This is great. This is what I want. So I kind of get back in the position that I was in, um, call and it ends up making 
this way like there's a hill kind of in the middle of the field and then it goes down so I can't really see over it so it goes down um into like this opposite corner and I'm like you know what I can't get it to come over here I'm just gonna go to it and so I'm like belly crawling across our <laughs> field with this daggone gun and it, it was very exciting by the way yeah because um, I didn't think I was going to do that this that morning anywhere so I'm like belly crawling and I'm like trying to look up and I see it's all fanned out and it's like a large bird I think I don't know and anyways I get all the way up finally to the top of the thing and it's gone what what in the world is gone <laughs> okay well that that was fun so I kind of come back down and wait a little bit and all of a sudden, it's like in a whole other area. I don't know how it's even getting there. Maybe it's another time. I don't know. So I get back in the corner that it was in, um, and it goes down into like this other little inset. And so I slowly kind of come across the field line, um, and there's like this little bowl. Um, and I get set up, and it walks into the woods on this little trail that that it's like a game trail it walks in there and so i start calling and it starts calling back and calling calling back just i mean every 30 seconds it's just like hammering it was so exciting because this is my first year calling very bad at it i know i am the first time you've gone by yourself right yes first time i've gone by myself how far away was he when he was gobbling i think it was probably about 60 70 yards okay so it just like needed to come into Like, I couldn't see it because it was in, and it kind of goes, it dips down. Mm -hmm. So, for like an hour, it was doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, And about 15 minutes in, I text Brad, and I'm like, I can't get this thing to come with me. Like, what are your tips? And he was like, do a couple back and forth and then be silent for like 15 minutes. And I text my dad, too, and he basically says the same thing. I'm like, okay. So, I sit there, and the whole 15 minutes, I'm quiet, just goblin 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 like nothing yeah. i'm like what the heck and it does not come closer so i keep doing this keep doing this it ends up being like an hour and a half of this yeah. he ends up coming behind like i don't see it i can just hear it moving mm-hmm. um and gobbling behind me like further into the trees i kind of i get up and i move into another spot to get a little bit closer like into the trees now and I swear he was probably like 50 yards away at this point. It was very loud, but I was also on an incline. And so if I kind of popped this tree that was down, I felt like he was going to see me. So I couldn't get any closer and I couldn't call him in. And then he eventually started moving away. And I was like, okay, it's 10 o'clock. I better get to work. Like this thing clearly isn't (laughs) cooperating. So I did that. Um, then last night I got home from an event that we were at and there was another Tom and a hen in our yard and uh, we like parked the car and it was like not in our yard. It was like in the field and I was like, I'm going and the kids <laughs> were like, can I come? And I was like, no. no. And they were like all like running after me and I was like, move. And I was like jumping the jumping hurdles over the kids like, get out of my way. I got to get my stuff on. I'm like, I'm trying to get the gun down and like things are falling all over the place. And Tim's like, oh, God. Um, anyways, so I, I go out there and they're trying to like watch from windows, like way far away to see, um, anyways, did the same thing, like go around like the little curb and stuff. And this thing is, they go into the tree line. I get out the call and the, the hen comes out to your call to the call. She like, yeah, she comes out to the call. She finally comes out and I'm like, come on, Tom, please come. And he does, um, thunder and lightning start hitting and I'm like, Oh God, this is horrible. And it starts to like. The hen takes off kind of like running a little bit when the thunder cracked. 
And I'm like, did she see me? Was it the thunder? I don't know. But she stops. And then I'm like, I think that they're getting ready to leave because maybe the storm's coming in or maybe they're getting spooked or maybe I've spooked them. And I'm like, this is kind of my last chance because the hen starts getting further away. And I feel like at this time they're probably about 40 yards maybe at shooting range for me. Um, the, the tom steps out from the little curvature that it was in. But there's a few like leaves in my way or like branches that are coming out. So I just started to like stick my foot out to kind of peer around the thing. And I think I spooked it. Yeah. And they ran off. Gosh. Dude. So close. Yeah, that's that's it fun. Was, it was very exciting. Keep doing that. You're going to mess around and shoot one for <laughs> sure. Yeah. So I'm going to try and go out maybe in the morning. Yeah, again. you need to get out in the dark before they come. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's what I'm going to try and do tomorrow. So You're going to shoot a turkey. Gosh. <laughs> I'll be very jealous if you shoot one before me. We got a week left. I'm over that. I'm over the jealous factor. It's like it's been so long for me I'm at this pissed. point. Like, I just, whatever. Freaking me and Phil are hiking over all over God's green earth trying to find these things. And just, like, we seem to find them, get them within, you know, 50, 40, 50 yards, and just can't get them to commit to come in for us to take a shot. Like, we had last week, we just had, like, a miscommunication, basically, on whether it was a Tom or not and whether yeah. I got to shoot it. But, man, this this past week, we or this past Saturday, we went in, same spot, and, like, Last time there was a truck that parked behind us, and so we had to like kind of audible and like tell him where we were going to go and all this, and like basically cut the area in half that we were going to go to. So this time we kind of went in, there was nobody else around. We we're like, we're just going to go in and listen and see what we can hear. And we get in, and we don't hear them where we thought we were going to hear them. So we go down a little further, and then down the road, we just heard, you know, the classic gobble. Uh, they're still on the roost. And so we're like, okay, we're going to go set up on these guys and we go try to set up. And then all of a sudden they get quiet. So they probably flew down and went somewhere else. So we went down onto the same ridge that we were on, um, when we had like the best chance we've had yet and had these things going nuts. I mean, like probably 70 gobbles and like, you know, 45, 50 minutes. I mean, they were just going crazy. So we we were hunting two of them, and we actually had got like kind of the to the back where public meets private, which was a big issue for us. They were on private, probably sixty sixty yards into private, and we were trying to call them onto public, and they were on the same ridge. Um, but so there's two of them we're, we're calling to, calling to Phil's calling to, and uh, and we're just sitting there listening to them gobble back and forth and all this, and then all of a sudden off to my right, I heard a gobble. 200 some yards i mean it was it was far like i don't know exactly how far but it was it was not close and i just kind of like took note of it and then all of a sudden he's a little closer and he's a little closer and he's a little closer and me and phil are like looking at each other like dude this guy's playing ball way more than these two are over here like he he might mess around and come up the hill and so colin 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 just totally shut up and so now the gobblers are going back and forth at each other the one is getting way close to us and literally is walking the the pro- the property line like he is he's like straddling it as he's coming to us and so i was actually texting paul campbell like hey this is what's going on like we, we can't quite get him to commit but they're you know real close and he's like you know i sent him a screenshot of the onyx so he knew like where the property line and stuff was and he's like what i would do is like get up and like slowly walk backwards and while you're walking backwards like 
grab your decoy and be calling the whole time, like about 30 or 40 yards. Like we're a hen moving away. Mm. And so kind of like That'll saying like, hey, guys, like this is it. Like this is your chance. We're we're here, and if you're not interested, we're out. And had some more gobbles, but ultimately they ended up just going completely dead silent. And so we that was our best chance of the day. We had some other gobbles that we were chasing down, but that's kind of been the story for us, man. We're finding them. We're getting like pretty close. We just can't quite seal the deal. So did that's, did you yeah. guys both move backwards, or just yep. the caller? So we, we did not do drop back calling. We did that Friday morning. Um, in this situation, we both moved back because where we were and where the birds were, when they came into like the shooting lane, we'd have been shooting them on private property, ultimately, like the way they were coming. So we were like, there's no use in leaving one guy up here as the shooter because more than likely by the time they get up there and they get into, you know, they step out to be shot they would see us if they came any closer. So um, we it was more of a move to make sure we didn't shoot private land birds on public land. Yeah. <laughs> but. How, uh, another question, how close are you getting to them while they're roosted in the tree and they're, they're gobbling? Um, well, the situation I just described was like well after they had flown down. Um, right. The, the situations where we begin getting close to them on the roost, I mean – we, we don't go out and, like, roost them at night and then go out to find them in the morning. We're, like, going out and finding them. So usually trying to stay, like, a good, you know, 70 yards away or so. Um, yeah. Is that far enough, you think? I mean, it, it a lot of it just depends on how open the timber is. I mean, right, right now uh, everything's starting to leaf up so yep. that you can be way aggressive in your yep. approach. But yep. when I shot my bird, there was just – just buds on the trees right so yeah. uh you had you had to be very careful and i thought yeah. originally when i when i set up i was going to get busted by the hen that saw me walk in mm-hmm. but it you know the the tom and the other hens were further down and luckily they came in but uh i i would use this leafiness now to your advantage and the next if, if you get the opportunity to get out just like be ultra aggressive and try yeah. to catch them right as they fly down yeah, no, I like that for sure. We, uh, it's definitely thick. I mean, where we're at, it's definitely thick, and it's definitely like a lot of terrain change. Like we're yeah. we're hunting a lot of ridge systems and stuff. So, um, we've been trying to err on the side of aggressive. Just you know, get, just when you hear people talk that know what they're doing, they're saying like, go mess it up. You know, like you don't yeah. know what messing it up is until you mess it up. And so we're kind of we're doing that, being aggressive with calling, being aggressive with setting up and all that stuff, and. I don't know. We're going to keep doing it and see if we can call one in. Uh, it's just, it's been tough. It has been tough. Getting them to come up the ridge has been the most difficult thing. Like, it seems like they're on another point calling, gobbling, and then when they start to move our way, they go down into the bottoms, and then getting them to come up the ridge we're actually on, it just has been brutal. Um, so we've done a couple creek bottom sets but it's it's harder to hear them down there so you know you find one you start calling and it's like well, maybe they can't hear us we can't really hear them the one that we thought we were going to get to come our way down on the creek bottom got shot <laughs> so oh, yeah yeah so it's just it's the public land struggles man we're just going to keep running around and seeing what we can do well i got mike tyson aggressive this weekend oh right? backfired twice got a face really aggressive yeah <laughs> like, like evander holyfield's ear gone aggressive <laughs> <laughs> all right 
Uh, I like it. <laughs> you know, it's the last day of the season. So it was yesterday. Uh, and hadn't been able to get out as much. This is like the story of every season. I feel like. <laughs> but uh, kids are in soccer right now, so we're kind of battling Saturdays or or squarely. And so I had to get out Sunday, and there were storms coming in. I was looking at the forecast for the few days leading up, and I'm like, man, it's going to get nasty. They're calling for rain all day. But there, as I, it started getting closer on Saturday night, I'm like, okay, I've got a couple hours, you know, or at least uh, before it starts to open up. And so I'm I'm out there bright early, beautiful morning. I mean, it was amazingly beautiful morning. And uh, I go deeper into the property, the farm where I hunt, than I have been when I've been out there. And um, I sit down under an oak tree that is a, as wide as a doorway. So it's a huge oak tree. I'm like, I set my decoy up probably 30 yards off that tree of where I've heard gobblers in the morning before. I sit down under this huge oak tree, um, kind of woods to my left, 10, 15 yards off to my left. And so that's where I've heard the birds gobbling every time. Sun starts to come up and starts to lighten up. They are on top of me, behind me in the field. Like, I have never sat under roosted turkeys like this before. Sick. Mm. And it was shocking to the point where I was like, oh, no. I don't know what I'm going to do because they're right behind me. I'm sitting behind this big tree. If they're going to come up to my decoys, they're going to be you. nose to eye with me, <laughs> like right here on the other side of this tree because there's not much space from the woods to the tree. Dang. So first, first aggressive move is I've got to turn myself around. Like mm -hmm. I have to get around this tree to shoot them as they come out of the tree line. Get up around that tree. Ah, two of them they saw me oh and no and i'm like oh. no like they, were they on were, the ground like, or still in the tree it's still in the tree oh shoot and what i'm like what sound did they uh, make the... it was just gobble oh. hard hard gobble both okay. of them and it was like a millisecond between them each mm. starting so they were close to each other in the trees um and very close to me like very close uh and so at this point i'm like I blew it. There's there's four gobblers back in this section though, so I know I still have hope with the other two that are a little further on. Those two shut up immediately after they saw me. So then I'm looking at the the Onyx map and trying to like judge the hillside, the creek bottom, the the other property that's really close. What my next move is? There's a peninsula of trees that I have to get around to get to the creek bottom. It's like well. I know they've been using that creek, so I go, I get, I get up, walk up to, they gobble just their heads off again, and walk along that tree line peninsula and basically just hug this tree line and go around it. At this point, they're down because I hear the other two birds moving away from me. And get down to the creek bottom, walk along that, that tree line, and I'm just, you know, I'm just yelping periodically trying to keep their attention well i get back to where i want to set up and temp check i get my call out and shotguns on my shoulder and i hear a deer start blowing like oh no close and just just i mean maybe 25 yards away from here so like mm -hmm. pretty close in the tree line deer blows i'm like okay she's he or she blows again 
run away, please. Blows. So then this point, I'm like, I'm going to take a step to get them to bolt out of here. So I take a step to my left. As soon as I take my step to my left, there is an explosion of a turkey mm. down in, like, like it was walking in the creek. <laughs> 15 yards away, takes off. And so at this point, this is like blown, completely blown. Turkey right there, gun on my shoulder, not even a chance to turn on it and shoot. So I know where the birds are on this farm (laughs) now. Like I've I've messed them up enough this year to figure out where where they're at, what they're doing, where they like to get down and go. Um, I'm confident next year will be better, but – like, if you get out, <laughs> I will definitely get out. No more soccer. This is going to be an opening day bird next year. Like I okay. am banking on it. Do you think once you they see you, like it's over? Do you think if you would have waited like an hour, they would have come back, or like by that time they're probably the, done eating and the first ones where I was sitting, I don't know. I I would think they're not going to come down and come that direction. Right. Like, do I have a shot at those birds in another spot? Yes. Because I did the same thing. I texted Paul. I was like, hey, (laughs) here's the situation. (laughs) And he said, "Um, can you get around? Can you, like, get around to try to cut them off another way? So Mm -hmm. that's what I was trying to do. Okay. Um, And then I told him what happened again. And he's like, well, you know, what's your move? Like, what are you going to do? I was like, I'm just going to go sit by my decoys and hope that I can – get one of the other birds that were in there to come and mm-hmm. i just felt like an idiot so i was like i just want to go sit down with my thoughts and think about how i screwed this up mm-hmm. right now so Aww. just went and sat <laughs> just went and sat Aww, under this buddy. big tree <laughs> and then the lightning started and i was like okay there's my excuse i can go home now yeah really <laughs> oh gosh so you, you're done me and erica have one week left i guess yep. dan are you you all get to take three is that right no, or you all just uh, get the one? we can take two if we two. want. Uh, I got mine first season, and then if I wanted to, I could go out on this fourth season right now. But like Jacob, man, I got soccer, I got baseball, I got uh, wrestling, we got dance, we got football right now. All those things are happening. And so, uh, and I'm coaching two of those things. So there's no... Coaching dance? Yep. <laughs> yep. With that horny yep. toad sweatshirt. <laughs> exactly. It's. Uh, it's a pretty. I got some pretty sweet moves. I'll have to show you guys sometime. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be interested in getting Dan's perspective on this. Um, so this morning, um, I kind of peeked my head out there to see if there were any turkey already. It was first light, and when I knew I was coming into the office, but I just wanted to go ahead and really make myself upset if there was. Um, I look out there and I see something in the field, and I'm like, what? is that is it a bunny no it's gotta be like really large um it ends up being a fawn it's a fawn and then about 30 yards away is doe get out the binoculars white spots clearly a fawn dang so which leads me to believe you count 200 days from now we're talking mid-october was the rut that is really early. Is that right? I mean, I w- if that's like a month early in my head. So. Or like maybe she didn't go to term, something happened. And I, when I tell you that this 
was not like this fawn was like it was like oh, it wasn't like it wasn't fresh. baby baby it was not fresh either well and to have moved out into a field yeah it's not yeah well you have to and remember I, that the the breeding season for a whitetail is including the entire month of october right so uh if you look at the you know this is a, a popular bell curve that is put out by the uh the NDA, right, the National Deer Association, shows that breeding does take place and studies have found that as early as late September, does can be bred all the way to the peak rut for most of the Midwest or what you would traditionally call the November rut period, right? Mm -hmm. The peak breeding is somewhere around, I think, uh, November 14th being the peak of that bell curve and then slides down again. So potentially that that doe could have been bred as early as late September, depending on when that fawn dropped. Yeah. That's crazy. It just makes me wonder. They always say there's like a second rut, but I wonder if there's like a, I guess there's something called a pre-rut. Like maybe there's like really a first little rut and then 28 days later it's like peak rut. And then the second rut is really like the third. I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so there's many a, questions about it. In the bell curve, there's outliers, though, right? Like, you have your 80% in the middle and then 20% on either side, so maybe it's yeah. just mm-hmm. one of those. But what made her pop off early? Like, is it a biological thing with her, just this doe, or was it, like, a weather thing? We're just no, Now I have could, many questions. Could have been, yeah. it, it's got to be know. the doe. We'll have to ask her. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it, it has to be the doe. The doe is what peak, like, a buck is, as soon as he's hard-horned, He's ready to breed, right? And so that happens in late August. And, and so when there's a, you know, when that, that first doe comes in, and typically it is the same time every year for that doe, exact, within, within a week, you know, give or take. And so I bet you if, you if you were to find a way to document that particular doe, she would be bred in that same time frame every single year. Hmm. Interesting. That's wild. Now, what you've said, I've seen something completely opposite. So I've seen a fawn that is brand new. I mean brand new uh, in, what would that be? That would have been July time frame, like like mid-July. I mean small, small fawns on trail cameras. And that means that that buck or that that doe wasn't bred until like that December January time frame, mm. mm-hmm. and so now you're now you're on the op, complete opposite side of what you said. So take that range there, and that that is technically the breeding season, even though majority of the uh, does come into estrus in that late October, early November time frame. Yeah. I was just so shocked this morning because I was like, that seems early. And then I remember listening to a podcast with Bo Martonic and he was saying how his dad, I guess, keeps track of Rhett is he will check his trail cams. um, And once he sees those early, early fresh fawns, he will count basically 200 days back and then use that information for this season to come. And so I'm like, okay, math. Hmm. Minus 200. What was that? Holy crap, it was October. Hmm. 
So, which, I mean, in October when bow season was coming in, we were like, I feel like it's starting. I feel like it's starting. Yeah. Yeah. I had something like a learning experience. seems basic, but we were sitting there waiting for turkeys and I heard a buck grunt behind me, like Mm -hmm. indistinguishable. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, that was a buck grunt Mm -hmm. or it's a hunter being a turd. Um, uh, And so after we were done, I walked over to Phil and I was like, do you hear that buck grunt? And he was like, no. And I was like, man. Either I'm hearing stuff like do do bucks grunt right now, and he's like, oh yeah, they bunt, they grunt all year, yeah. and I was like, I didn't even I thought that was kind of like a like a, a mating territorial like they're rutting type thing to do. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they do it more and during that time period, but they do it all year. I had one do it grunting behind me a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, turkey hunting. It it is kind of like weird though. You don't expect. Yeah, I was it. told like I I feel like I have different brains. Like when I'm in turkey brain, like I'm not even like paying <laughs> like. You know, I see a rub or something, I'll be like, oh, cool. But, like, I'm not thinking about deer at all when I'm out there most of the time. Um, but that happened, and I was like, <laughs> hang on a minute. It's not your turn right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, hang on. We're hunting something else. Yeah. Uh, Dan, you mentioned you had a couple questions for us. You still want to hit us with these, or are these <laughs> what, what is this? Okay, well, these were these are more of, like, like we've we've had really good conversation, and now we're gonna now we end it with like complete randomness. Okay, good. That's and, how and we so I'm gonna leave it up to you. Do you want to end with randomness, or the next time I'm on, do you want to start with randomness? Do you all have anything so else you want to talk about? I don't have. Anything. I think we close it with some yeah. silliness. All right. <laughs> I'm kind of nervous. Right. Oh, he's got, oh, he's got a piece of paper. Well, it it's not. I mean, we've already. I mean, we've kind of broke broke the the seal, so to speak, with the skeet and the horny. So this <laughs> oh, no. is just, yeah, this is just good from here on out. Okay. All right, um, and we'll start we'll start very uh, passive. Okay, I don't know why I felt like this was a good topic. I was um, in my kitchen this morning, and it just kind of popped into my head. Favorite pie? What's your what's your guys's favorite pie, dude? That is perfect timing because yep. my favorite pie is derby pie. Oh. Which we just had this weekend. And what I is smashed. derby pie? It's uh, similar to a pecan pie, but it has chocolate chips in it. Okay. Okay. And bourbon, of course. Yeah, bourbon. of course. It's basically Louisville pie. Uh, yeah. Mine would be apple with like a nice thick layer of caramel on top. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mine's blackberry. Blackberry. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Like People that. either love it or hate it because you either don't like blackberries or you do. Love them. Gotcha. Uh, I am a apple crumb, to be more specific with the, the okay. apple. The, yeah. the crumb Which on one's top. Dutch? A- a caramel's Dutch. Okay. Okay. Sometimes the crumb can have, there's like a hybrid, right? So just like Easterns and Merriams can create a hybrid, sometimes a Dutch and a crumb can create a hybrid, which is also super delicious. And uh, then you just put like a big softball size thing yeah. out, vanilla ice cream, vanilla on bean, the warm apple yeah. pie. Yeah, vanilla bean. Yeah, and yeah. then 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 any bad day can go good. Like you could lose your parent in a <laughs> car accident. You have some of that. They're like, oh man, I'm, I'm I feel great right now. <laughs> I don't know. You can cut that out. Brought me back. Cut that out. <laughs> I'm just telling you that is the ext- that's how good a, yeah. a really good apple crumb and right. vanilla combination. That's how good it can make you feel. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not all the way there, but I'm close. I've, I've, 
I don't know about a dead parent. But. You know, I'm a big ice cream enthusiast. Like, that is my jam. I will eat ice cream breakfast, lunch, dinner. But Same here. Ice cream does not go on my pie. Uh, ever because wow. i don't want that like warm milk that, oh that's oh the good stuff yeah that's well, like the commingling of i i am obsessed with ice cream but i ha- I like never eat it anymore because i'm trying not to be a fat ass but i've been <laughs> cutting <laughs> my sister's grass she just moved in our neighborhood and i like push my little llama over there and i just being you know being a good what brother a stand ex- expecting nothing in return she knows my favorite ice cream in the world is a seasonal ice cream from graders strawberry chocolate chip Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. She found out when it was coming out, and the other day I was out in the backyard with Millie. She saw me, and she came over carrying a cup of something. She said, I have something for you for cutting the grass. And I was like, oh, great. I smashed it, dude. <laughs> I crushed <laughs> it. It's like how I kick off summer every year because it's a summer flavor. So she brought you a single serving in like a, a dish. Yeah. So she's got the carton. No, no, she's no. Like, she, she's like, no. you're going to come back and cut that grass again. <laughs> <laughs> no, she went. She used to work there, actually. But, no, she went there, and she got like – an order for me like it came in she didn't buy the big tub because oh, she they sell the out restaurant. of those okay. she said she was going to buy me a big tub but they were sold out and I was like it's probably a better yeah. probably a better thing but yeah yeah I'm a ice cream fan and ice cream is the reason I have love handles I'll be <laughs> straightforward with that I mean I love a blizzard I love a, co- a concrete mixer from Culver's mm. uh, and then there's a place in uh, the town next to me called Heinz Ice Cream it's all homemade, and then they they make their version of a, a blizzard, you know. And then I always add the malt powder in with it, so it's like a malt slash blizzard. Oh, Dang, man. you get so the you're large. modifying. <laughs> yeah, you like it so much, you've got your own ingredients you're adding. <laughs> exactly. Hey, one time uh, I actually came up with a a combination that the owner of this one ice cream shop in Ainsworth, Iowa. Uh, he actually named it after me, the Johnson, and it <laughs> Johnson. was on their menu for a, a while, and then they changed ownership and took it off. But I actually, like, I, I went there, I kept ordering it, I kept ordering it, and, and then the owner was like, well, hell, you might as well offer it to everybody else. And he's like, hey, it does all right, so I'll keep it on the menu. Sick. Well, uh, what was well, it? Yeah. yeah. All right, so it was, it was just like basically a trash can of stuff so (laughs) in order to make it worthwhile you had to buy the large or it just would have been straight candy in it so it was like um it was like a blizz a a buttercup blizzard with malt powder and then caramel caramel mixed in with it with cookie dough i i'm I'm missing something and i i think i was feeling guilty that day, so I maybe added blueberry, like a blueberry or <laughs> something in it. Just a little in fruit it. in there. Just yeah, to just let, a little freshen fruit. it up. <laughs> exactly, just to say, you know, hey, I, I, there's fruit in here, so it's justified. <laughs> Get your daily serving. Exactly, exactly. So that. Yeah, now it wants my Yeah, cream. right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. And so uh, I'm going to, and and this was the week that I decided that I need to start my Western type cut i make every mm-hmm. year where i stop eating like a slob and yeah. try to trim down so that when i go out west I'm, I'm lighter on my feet but now after this episode i may have to push this back a week one last cheat week <laughs> yeah, one last and i've said that for the last six weeks so yep. we'll uh we'll see how that goes yep we've been uh 
Brad threw a Murph on the calendar for, for some of the folks at the office. So we've been doing a training program for that. And he actually uh, he pushed it back two weeks, I think, so that Chris could participate. So I kind of I slacked last week. I think I only worked out twice instead of four times. <laughs> yeah. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. Y'all are crazy. I like it, but it's going to hurt so bad. Right. Now, what's your other weird question, Dan? Yeah, the, the the next weird question, and so I know I know from previous episodes you guys like your coffee, correct? Yes. Mm, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So my random question is: Does coffee make you poop? Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. Well, good. I think it's caffeine. Right. Is it right? Caffeine? But my intake okay. of caffeine is coffee for for the most part. And it makes you poop or no? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So oh, okay. like yeah. I have my cups, my, my two cups and it's like clockwork, 20 minutes, 15 minutes afterwards, you know, uh, I go, um, but here's the deal. And here's, here's me leading up to this question. I do not drink coffee during deer season. <laughs> so you don't have to poop when you're in the woods. Right. So the, the real question is, do you guys drink coffee during the deer season because there's nothing worse than having to poop while you're in a tree stand. I do. Um, and most of the time I try to poop at the truck if Mm -hmm. I can, like if I haven't been able to, to go at home real quick before I head out, then, um, yeah, I've, I've been known to poop in the the woods. The key is to get up and have your coffee and make the dump at the house before you leave. Right. And kind of force the issue so that you're totally cleared out. Have you pooped out of a tree stand? Oh, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Just like hang your butt over? Oh, yeah. Hanging butts. Yep. Done done that. (laughs) Then you take a sleeve off one of your shirts and, uh, or you have, or like me. Oh, my gosh. You're prepared. Some hot hands. (laughs) (laughs) Some hot hands. (laughs) I just envisioned you doing that. That's hilarious. (laughs) Jacob takes so many woods poops. It's like he enjoys them. i did one yesterday he did one yesterday it's great, man. And, like notified us all that it happened really yeah it's great. i don't do that anymore i i just i don't that's why hunting season coffee comes after the morning hunt and uh and i just take care of it in a, on a, in a bathroom okay so I, I i prepare myself or it's actually it's more of a strategy than it is a bowel movement like i don't want to poop in the woods during deer season yeah yeah, turkey season, I could care less. Yeah, yeah. You need to start working this whole pooping method into your strategy talks on the podcast for sure. This needs to be a part of your curriculum. I dehydrate myself like well into the the evening before, like about 5 o'clock p.m. Mm-hmm. dinner time. I don't drink anything. Oh, really? See, I'm the opposite. Well, because it's a little bit harder for me to go to the bathroom. But you don't want to just like – Usually what I do is I pound from dinner until bed, hoping that I pee in the morning mm. and I'm cleared out. And then I don't drink necessarily while I'm hunting, except for the coffee. Yeah, your hydration yeah. takes like 24 hours to catch up to you is what they say. Mm. So like if you want to be hydrated for Saturday afternoon, you should be hydrated by Friday afternoon. Really, I get really nervous, especially – well, this year wasn't so bad, but especially when I'm hunting with someone else like my dad – I get like, well, what do we do? We're in a buddy scene together, and I'm going to be like, Dad. Uh, Avert your eyes. <laughs> can you please watch out? And like, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to have to fully take my pants down and my butt cheek is going to be next to your face. And also, <laughs> why don't you just listen to me pee in this cup trying to, and like you can hear the pee and that's yeah. weird and yeah. it's strange. So I bonding, I bonding think time. about it a lot and then I'm like, God, what if I have to poop? I might ask me like, yeah, everybody poops. Everybody I will say it, there's a uh, massive benefit to eating McDaniels because that turns into toilet paper when you have those extra napkins. I always, oh. anytime I have fast food, Sable. throw my extra napkins in my truck because it turns into TP in a pinch. Mm. I thought you were going to say the burger wrapper, and I was going to just oh, no. <laughs> burger grease on your a hole. <laughs> that would be that would be awful. Yeah, I gotta I gotta make sandwich. a recommendation. <laughs> I gotta okay. make a recommendation here. Dude wipes. They're biodegradable, yeah. so you wipe them, you wipe, and you can just throw it out in the woods, and eventually it will decompose really quickly, and yeah. it's good for the environment. Yeah, and you get a good cool mint flavor on your butt. <laughs> nice oh, yeah. Refreshing wipe. <laughs> a nice yep. refreshing See, wipe. See, there's nothing looks. worse than an all-day sit mud butt. You don't want that. <laughs> oh, like I'm getting... I feel uncomfortable just listening to you say that. <laughs> Dude wife needs to tap into the hunting market and exactly. harp that angle. Uh, Get a licensing agreement with Realtree or Mossy Oak and just yeah, put some camo on it. They throw bottomland on, on their packaging. It's over. I know it's over. It. Dead Down Wind makes some wipes. Uh, they have some camp wipes that they targeted camping. I think they're go. biodegradable. Oh, there you go. They'll be unscented, Dude of course. wipes is late to the party then. Yeah, well, and they're scented, so yeah, you wouldn't want that. You'd want you'd want you an unscented. Yeah, dead down that'd be unscented. Yeah, there you go. Or, or like, like if it had the dead down wind, and you wiped, and it took the scent away from the poop as well. Yeah, <laughs> well, that would hey, friends, be. Or we got, a, we got another meeting coming into the room. That's why Eric kind of trailed off. We're gonna have to <laughs> shut her down. But one last idea, one last idea. Okay. Asterisk scent wipes. There oh yeah. Is. All right. Rub somebody that on your butt. Somebody, what's that guy on LinkedIn? Is it Sean Riley? Yeah. Dude, wipes, dude wipes Somebody guy. DM him. Oh. We've got a genius idea here. But all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, leave us a five star review. We really appreciate it. Only five stars. Only five. If you didn't like it and you're still here, what are you doing? Yeah. Please uh, don't DM me about Keep Ski either, okay? <laughs> on Go Wild. Thank you. I know it's called Go Wild. I know it's like Keep Ski. Don't get them confused. Don't get the wrong idea. Thank you. Thanks got, for joining us, Dan. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yes, you, sir. See you, brother. Bye, y'all. Thank mm-hmm. you.